When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Information technology. Nothing personal. Word of the day for Tuesday, October 12, 2021 is IT. The rhythm is going to get you. Gloria Stefan wrote a song about that with the Miami Sound Machine. Rhythm is going to get you. IT is going to get you. IT is going to get you. John Gruden's been gotten. How long was it from when you saw the New York Times report last night to when John Gruden resigned. I was on a train and I believe it happened between New Haven and Bridgeport. That's how fast it happened. I was going to do an entire, I was preparing for the show and I was going to do a whole segment on what would I do and why would I do it with John Gruden? And the segment changed because it doesn't matter what I would do. Yes, I would have gotten lawyers and I would have figured out how to exit myself from his contract because he's being overpaid at 10 million a year with six years left on his deal. And he's way below 500 at 22 and 31 going into the season. So I, as president, would be using that as an excuse to rid myself of this person who I committed to for a decade. And this would have been a perfect opportunity. The backstory of this is staggering, truly. Dan Snyder's involved, shockingly. The NFL took over the investigation. You have to go way back to when Dan Snyder got in trouble for all of his lascivious, prurient, salacious tendencies and behaviors, and then agreed to investigate himself and then said, wait a minute, I've hired a PR person and they said I should have the NFL investigate me. But meanwhile, whoever investigates me that the NFL is now in charge of, I'm going to get to see the full report before it comes out, but we're going to pretend that the NFL is doing it. So the NFL starts doing it. And the NFL then says, look at all the emails. Let's dig under every hole. Go back. For those of you who've ever been involved in a lawsuit, it used to be that your lawyers would tell you, don't throw anything away. Keep all the paper. You got to keep it all just in case. And when you do things like I did for 18 years, all of them kosher completely, but you're ruffling some feathers. You keep stuff. Because if you are ever put in a position where there is a lawsuit against you, you have to have the papers. And you can't choose what papers you save. You have to choose what papers you create. The decision point of your career, of your life, has to be before the keystrokes are pressed, before pen hits paper, not recreating reality after the fact combing through your email. Everyone's going on social media right now. Go back through your emails. Everybody starts scrubbing. If you're racist 
or a misogynist or anti-gay, you're not necessarily inclined to go through your emails because in your mind, everything's fine. Everybody's like I am. Can you imagine like people in the KKK? Hey, we got to go back in our email and get rid of anything that would indicate that we're racist. And by the way, put your hood in the underwear drawer. It's absurd, right? So everyone's panicking. Go back. The way you know how someone is, is not what they do once they're caught. It's what they do when no one's looking. And I'm the last person to throw stones because my house is glass, not in terms of race, not in terms of sexism, not in terms of anti-gay. It's just glass in terms of, wow, you know, he thinks that, he says that, but never, never, because it wouldn't occur to me to be that way because I'm not that way in the least. And it's not that I'm protesting, I'm not that way. It's just not. People who are that way end up protesting. So John Gruden is in a situation where somebody leaks the fact that he sent in an email because all the emails were being checked with the Washington football team by the NFL, 650,000 emails, some of whom what you do is when you search, I want to explain this to people, you don't actually read 650,000 emails. What you do is you have a program where there are search terms and it is agreed upon with the other side in a litigation or with the courts, or if you are looking for something, you search naked women, you search anti-gay, you search racist terms, the N-word, and emails would pop up in the search that, are, that use these. They didn't go back and read every Bruce Allen email, who is the president of the WFT, who was engaged in an email exchange with John Gruden. John Gruden, who used to coach the Redskins, and don't tell me I shouldn't say Redskins, he did coach the Redskins. They were called the Redskins then. He uh, in, got involved in emailing on myriad subjects with Bruce Allen and a whole group. Take a look at all of your group emails, by the way. There's many groups that you're in. He was upset with Joe Biden. He was upset with the fact that there were women referees. He was upset with the fact that Roger Goodell was stopping players from hitting hard and worried about concussions. He sounds like a caveman because he doesn't understand the business of the NFL and what the NFL is trying to do to keep their multi-billion dollar business growing. But be that as it may, John Gruen's emails were discovered through search terms because WFT was being investigated by the NFL. So the NFL finds these emails. They would have you believe that they sent a couple to Mark Davis, maybe just the DeMarie Smith one, maybe one other, maybe a few, maybe none. In the real world, when the commissioner would find something like this, he's not forwarding the emails to Mark Davis's attention. He's picking up the phone and calling him and saying, hey, Mark, we have a problem. And the problem is that through the course of our investigation of Snyder, that bastard, we found this stuff with your coach. I think we can get through the DeMarie Smith stuff 
but I'm afraid there's more. And if the more gets out, you're going to have no choice but to let him go. Now, how did it play out in real life? DeMarie Smith, the email about him got leaked and everyone said, ah, it's not great. We're going to investigate. We're going to figure out what's going on. Meanwhile, he's going to coach the game, which he did. Sort of like Trevor Bauer being told, yeah, you're going to pitch Sunday until you're not. But when you're a coach of the NFL and you're the NFL and you're Roger Goodell, you want to wait as long as possible before forcing an owner to make a coaching change in the middle of the season. But then whoever leaked the DeMarie Smith email then leaked an entire treasure chest of emails from and written by John Gruden, conversations between John Gruden and other people. While he was not a coach of the Redskins, he was working for ESPN as their Monday Night Football analyst, where it would call into question what kind of guy John Gruden is. I've never met John Gruden, so I have no idea what kind of guy he is, other than the emails he wrote that would indicate he really doesn't care much for Goodell, doesn't care much for gay players, doesn't care much for women referees, can't figure out what he thinks about actual women, not sure what he thinks about black people, but he certainly comments on some of their physical attributes. All of that said, is that the complete picture of John Gruden? No idea. But once Mark Davis gets told by Roger Goodell that these other emails exist, that's it. It's game over. So the question is, how do you do it? And the NFL and the Las Vegas Raiders did it in such a clumsy way, in such a reactive way, that I can't believe these leagues still get caught on their heels like this. So the New York Times leaks the rest of the emails, and a minute later, John Gruden says the following. And he does this as a statement, as a text, I believe, to a writer, without preparing anything, quite obviously. I have resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. I love the Raiders and do not want to be a distraction. Thank you to all the players, coaches, staff, and fans of Raider Nation. Get ready, because here it is. I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt anyone. Horse hockey. When you write those emails at the time you write them, would you all agree that when you're writing something that you mean to be offensive or that you mean to hurt the people? What you really are saying is when you say, I'm sorry, and that's why in statements, it's best to just say, I'm sorry. Click. You can't say, I never meant to hurt anyone. What you could say is, I'm sorry, I never meant to get caught. You could say, I'm sorry, I never meant for anyone else to read these emails. You could say, I'm sorry that Bruce Allen used his work email instead of his personal email. But you don't say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt anyone. It makes you look idiotic. By definition, when you are that way, just FYI, if you have bad thoughts, but you don't act on them, is that a level of good that's better than acting on your bad thoughts? Yeah, it's better than acting on your bad thoughts. So John Gruden is a step below Deshaun Watson, let's say, when it comes to women and his view of women, because he just doesn't want women around the NFL. He's not assaulting them or violating them. All right. Is it a step better to make a comment about DeMarice's lips than to actually go up to a black person and say the N-word or not hire 
a black person to do a job. Sure. I don't want any queers in, in my league. Too many queers. But then he's got a gay man on his football team, by the way. So is it better that he said that versus releasing the gay player whose name escapes me right now, who Coca knows the name, I'm sure, if Coca's still listening to this. And uh, he could have released Carl Nassib, but didn't. So he made the team and stayed on the team. So is it better? Nassib. He's telling me how to pronounce it. Sorry. Thank you, Matthew. Is it better to write that you don't want gays in the league, but then keep a gay on your team because you believe that he's better for your team? So there's grades of bad. The question is, where do you sit on that scale? Are you the type who saw him resign and said, that's ridiculous. He's our coach. He's a coach. He didn't need to resign. Are you the type who, after the Dean Marie Smith email said, that's it. He needs to resign. Are you the type who listens to nothing personal and realizes he didn't resign at all? John Gruden didn't walk away from $50 million. Let me just make sure we're very clear on that. There is no circumstance under which John Gruden resigned from the Las Vegas Raiders. And Mark Davis, the man, the manager, cut 10, 20, 69. And Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, released a statement after all this last night that was so terse that it was embarrassing. I've accepted John Gruden's resignation as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, Mark Davis. Really? Is that how it happened, Mark? Because you had an agreement with him not to say that you terminated him. You had an agreement with the NFL. This is your lawyers talking, trying to say that he resi he resonated, trying to say that he resigned so you don't have to pay him when you know very well that he didn't resign, that he may have resigned one second before you fired him after you told him you were going to fire him, but you let him resign so he could somehow save face. That is ridiculous. If I'm the owner of the Raiders, I fire him. I have it as an affirmative case. Upon discovery of the type of person that John Gruden is, he was immediately terminated. And I wondered to myself how I did not know the way he was having lived with him for all these years. There is no room in this world for that level of intolerance. If we've learned anything over the last two years during this pandemic and during this social reckoning, we realize that there are pockets of anger and hatred and absolute arrogance and ignorance. And we need to snuff those torches whenever they come to light. He has been fired. Nope, Mark Davis didn't do that. I wonder if our good friend at CBS, Amy Trask, if she were still the president of the Raiders and these emails were discovered, whether or not she would have permitted John Gruden to resign or whether she would have walked into Mark Davis's office and said, it's either me or him, your choice. I wonder if Mark Davis would have chosen Gruden until the second set of leaks to the New York Times, until Roger Goodell said, hey, we have to keep appearances up here, Mark. We have to be the woke league. We have to pretend that we don't put up with this stuff. You got to get rid of this guy because it's like whack-a-mole. Every time someone pops up who's racist or misogynistic or domestic violence, whack, whack, whack. We're going to whack them.
till the next one comes up. Don't ask me about Deshaun because he's a player, but any coach who does it, whack. GM, owner, whack, whack. I'm slightly concerned about this, as you should all be. You think Gruden's the only one? I don't think so. Bye-bye, John. That'll just about do it. The sun has set. The sun has also set, but there will be a tomorrow for the Tampa Bay Rays. How did I do with the Tampa Bay Rays pick? Anybody? Coke and I had the Rays sweeping. After game one, when they beat the Red Sox 5-0, we felt like we were right. The Rays are just a better team. Red Sox come back and win three in a row. When was the last time Tampa had a three-game losing streak? I was just thinking about that, Coca. There's no way to check. You could go game by game on their game log while we're doing the show, but it would be interesting to me. Tampa lost three in a row to the Red Sox. The old adage that wildcard teams are hot and they have a better chance of the playoffs because they're playing meaningful games. They're playing playoff games before the playoffs even start. I'm not sure any of that is what happened in Boston. Yesterday was an amazing day in Boston. It was the Boston Marathon and the Red Sox in a clinching division series game, which is amazing because the Boston Marathon is always in April on Patriots Day, and the Red Sox are always scheduled for a morning game on Patriots Day, the day of the Boston Marathon. The Boston Marathon was changed to Columbus Day because of COVID, the 125th running of the Boston Marathon, and there was still a a Red Sox home game, which is incredibly cool. And so, (sighs) all right, Coca, you have it. July 25th to 28th was the last time they lost three in a row. All right, that's going two months of a season. That's going a third of a season without losing three in a row. That's pretty good. They picked a bad time to lose three in a row. So I'm in Boston yesterday doing the Boston Marathon with my friend Brett, who has Parkinson's. And uh, he's had early onset Parkinson's. He's had it for over a decade. He ran around the world with me doing seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. He's raised almost a million dollars to find a cure, and he hasn't found a cure yet because he still has Parkinson's. And it gets worse and worse every year, but he continues to train and to try to stop time. We were on the course for six hours and 53 minutes, broke seven hours step by step, side by side with him. And I would like to say that congratulations to all the finishers in Boston. And I would like to say thank you to the one person age 50 to 54 in the entire race who we beat. The one person. We finished second to last. And I would also like to thank the 24 people who we beat in the entire race. Out of 15,000 finishers, we beat 24 people. And you know what? We were the big winners. Not just raising money to try to find a cure, but by Brett getting out there for six hours and 53 minutes and running that marathon. So the marathon's going on. The game's going on, and I'm thinking about game three. And I want to rewind it because we've been away for the weekend, and yesterday was the mailbag episode. Thank you for downloading and listening to it. Do you remember what happened in game three? Because you probably don't, and you should. Tampa was about to score an extra innings. It was an extra inning game. Kevin Kiermeyer hits a fly ball that hits the wall, then hits Hunter Renfro, the outfielder, and ricochets out over the small wall. At a higher wall like Marlins Park and most of the other parks, 
you won't you don't have a three foot wall. But Fenway has very, very short outfield walls. I mean, not the Green Monster, but all the other walls. And uh, so actually, Fenway only has half small walls. On average, Fenway's walls are bigger than any walls in the game. But we were in right field and the ball ricochets out. Yandy Diaz is on first when the ball is hit. He's running around. The ball's out of play. And the rule states that it's a double, but the every runner has access to two bases. If you're on first, you go to third. If you're at home plate, you go to second. Second and third, two outs, instead of the Rays taking the lead in extra innings. And the announcers were going crazy. The fans were going crazy in Tampa. And I was going a little crazy, not just because the Rays, I thought, were a better team, but they really are. I was going crazy because actually what the rule talks about, and you can at me with the actual rule because everyone was posting it, but what you're missing, and that gets talked about inside the commissioner's office at, at owners meetings and with umpires, there is umpire discretion. And the reality is that because Diaz had not fully engaged with third base at the time that the ball went out of play, they sent, they kept him at that base. But if that had hit off Renfro, the wall to Renfro, and then it ricocheted, but hit the wall again, Diaz had a full head of steam. He was going to go home. It would have taken a perfect relay. And the umpires had discretion to allow him to score. When they didn't, I had one thought in my mind. Of course they didn't. You think, do you know how the, uh, I'm sorry, Rob, I really am. But do you know how it works in Secaucus where there's an umpire's replay and when they go on and talk to New York, do you know there are also members of the commissioner's office who are there? Do you think that it's more important to have the Red Sox in the LCS and going on to a potential World Series or a Red Sox Astros LCS where one of those two teams will be in the World Series where there may be a modicum of interest where people would choose to watch that over a Lamar Jackson regular season Monday night game where he comes back to help beat the Colts in overtime? Now, Oh my God, Samson, you're a conspiracy theorist. A conspiracy theorist is someone who doesn't know. As president of the Marlins, I would have lost my mind. It's bad enough you don't want us to win, but at least keep the playing field level. At least don't make it obvious. Congratulations to the Red Sox, though. Then last night's game, they also won in... Did they win that in extra innings? I believe they did on a Kike Hernandez. Kike Hernandez is the most successful postseason player ever. Kike Hernandez, a guy who we traded for, who was a nice utility guy. There were two guys I watched last night who we had as Marlins who were utility guys. Donovan Solano is now an actual gray-haired important player for the best team in baseball. I think we had his brother at one point, Coca. His brother was a catcher named Jonathan Solano. He played for the Nationals for some time. I think that there was a moment when we had the two Solanos. I think. We definitely had Donovan Solano. And we definitely had Kike. Kike Hernandez now, there was something I saw on the Twitter, which fascinated me, that he has more 
five hit games, seven RBI games, walk off home runs, walk off hits, like more of those than any player ever. Total. Well, Red Sox did it. They're going to the LCS. Who are they going to play? The Astros are beating the White Sox now in a series. They're up two to one. And we need to talk about what's going on because it's enough now. It's time to stop. Okay? The sign-stealing issue, the booing of Altuve and Correa, the booing of Brantley wasn't even there. It's done. Joey Cora served his time. He's moved on. He's going to the LCS. A.J. Hinch served his time. He got another job. The Tigers are up and coming. They owned what they did, and they moved on. Jeff Lunau has never owned what he did. It's why he's not working in baseball. He's the GM who got fired to the Astros. The players were not punished because they were given immunity by the commissioner because that's the only way for the story to go away. You had to find out what the hell happened. And to get players to talk, you had to give them immunity. It was agreed upon before they even opened their mouths. Like that's the first time people have been given immunity to testify against other people. GMAB. And I understand why fans boo. You have every right to boo. I'm in. But what I don't want to see as an as a executive, I love it. But what I don't want to see is players fighting amongst themselves because it just shows weakness and it emboldens owners and it makes it more and more likely that there's going to be a work stoppage. The Chicago White Sox players believed that the Astros were stealing signs again during the two first two games in Houston. And they basically accused the Astros of doing it, which forced Dusty Baker, the manager, to take the microphone and say, hey, we're not stealing signs. Get over it. And by the way, it takes one to know one. Insinuating that the White Sox are stealing signs. Now, if you knew Tony La Russa like I know Tony La Russa, you're damn right. Tony La Russa is doing everything possible to get an advantage. Whatever technology is available to that almost octogenarian is being used. And bless his soul. I'm not upset with Tony Larissa for doing that. Everyone does it. The only reason everyone got angry with the Astros is because they were better at it. It's the same reason why people get upset with the Rays, because they're better at doing what they do. Playoff failures notwithstanding this year. It's so hard to repeat in baseball. It's just hard to get back to the World Series, back-to-back years like the Rays were trying. It's just hard. Anyway, so Dusty Baker takes the podium and adds a distraction level to the playoffs that's unnecessary. Tony La Russa then says, hey, I didn't even read what my player said. <laughs> just so you know, that's untrue. Managers, when they don't want to answer a question or when an executive doesn't want to answer a question that you tell, ask us or the media asks us, we say, hey, I haven't seen that. Oh, I hadn't read that. You know how many times I said that? Of course I'd read it or seen it because my PR people showed it to me. Tony Larissa, Tony Larissa knew exactly what his players said about the Astros. Nah, I hadn't seen it yet. All I know is they're a good team. Are you, are you all buying that? I was about to say, are you guys buying that? I'm trying to get better. Have you people seen that? That's not what I was saying. What did I say, Coca? 
did you people believe that? I think that's what I said. You know better, right? I think you do. Okay, thank you. Uh, I think we need a break, Coca. Where are we in the show? I don't even know where we are. I don't know how long we've been. I don't know how, okay, time for a break then. When we come back, we are gonna talk about Jason Sudeikis and Ted Lasso, and we are gonna talk about, uh, we're gonna talk about the Giants and the Dodgers, because that's something else. We will be right back here on Nothing Personal. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. I have to tell you what just happened during that commercial break. So what I'm supposed to do and what Coke has taught me is before we go to commercial, we say, hey, we'll be right back. We're going to review Ted Lasso and we're going to do blank. And I don't really know. I have in front of me the other topics I want to talk about today. I don't know whether or not we have time to talk about the, all those other topics. So I don't know what Coco wants me to talk about. And he wasn't in my ear fast enough to tell me what we're going to talk about. So I couldn't tease what we were going to talk about. So I just looked and saw Giants Dodgers as next. And I did want to talk about the Giants Dodgers. So I said Giants Dodgers. That's actually what just happened. Actually. Ted Lasso season two is done. And I loved it. I was worried that I love season one because it was the pandemic and I needed to feel good. And then season two happened and it was 12 episodes of delicious, 12 episodes of written brilliance, 12 episodes of using subtitles in English so I could understand everything that Brett Goldstein said who plays Roy Kent. They swept the Emmys. Now, I know you read this, but it was only supposed to be a 10 episode arc. And the way shows work is you write the episodes in advance, you know exactly character development and who's going to be in what episode. And then Apple came back and said, hey, this is so good. We need 12. So Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis said, no problem. We're going to do two one-off episodes. They did the Christmas Love Actually episode, which didn't move forward. Episodes move stories forward. They move characters forward. The Christmas episode didn't move anyone forward, but it was my favorite episode of the year. And then Coach Beard and his night of partying after the game that they lost was an added episode that people didn't like that I loved. There wasn't one episode I didn't like. There wasn't one storyline I didn't like. Ted Lasso season two addressed mental health. It addressed love, competition, commitment. They checked every box, sort of like Schitt's Creek, where they want to cover things and they do it in a way that is magical, brilliant, and hilarious. If you haven't gotten to Ted Lasso, please do. One of the Giants or Dodgers are going to have plenty of time 
to get into Ted Lasso. I promise you that. Because it's now 2-1 Giants after last night's game. Did you stay up and watch that? Were you watching the Ravens game and then switch to the Giants-Dodgers? Did you see that one nothing gem in Chavez Ravine that looked like Candlestick Park? Candlestick Park is the old place where the Niners and the Giants used to play. And it's right in the Journey song by the Bay. That's from a previous show. If you're just new to Nothing Personal, we sang Lights. When the lights go up in the city, that was a couple of weeks ago. And that was about San Francisco. And uh, I know the game was in L.A., Coca, but the wind was such that it was like Candlestick Park. Can we just can we go? <laughs> just kidding. Coca thought I didn't know where the game was. I believe that I watched the game and he didn't. That's the irony. I was on the train back from Boston watching the game. And then I was doing laundry because I'm, I'm, are you the person who, when you get back from a trip, do you leave your suitcase and just go to bed when you get back at one in the morning? I'm the guy who unpacks and does the laundry before I go to sleep. I can't stand waking up to a suitcase that is not put away. I just can't deal with it. I find it to be people who do that. I don't get it. And I understand that I may be one of few, but I'd like you to just try it. Try what it's like to feel. Does anybody go to bed with dishes in the sink? No chance. Anyway, so I was watching the Dodger game and the weather at Chavez Ravine was like Candlestick Park. There were swirling winds. It was, I've never seen weather like that in LA and I've been to many, many games in LA. Watched many games in LA and San Francisco. And you expect that in San Francisco because the coldest winter I ever spent was the summer in San Francisco. The weather's terrible there. But there was something going on in LA. So Evan Longoria has the only extra base hit. Yes, that Evan Longoria, the guy from the Rays who was signed as a kid before he had really played much in the major leagues. He got it. He was the first, my recollection, which could easily be flawed, is that Evan Longoria of the Rays they were the trailblazers in these early contracts where you sign a player who's done nothing and you eliminate the arbitration risk and you get rewarded if the player ends up being good and you have a problem if the player ends up being bad. And all these teams copy that now and they sign all these players like the Phillies do to long-term deals before they've proven anything and they end up stinking. I was so afraid to do that that we'd wait for Yelich to be good and then sign him. But doing those deals when you're a low revenue team, the way the Rays did with Longoria is so risky. Longoria has ended up having a great career. He's now in the Giants. He hits a home run, the only extra base hit. Very windy, one nothing. The Giants win the game. The game ends with Gavin Lux, another young player who we tried to trade for numerous times, who the Dodgers would never trade. He hit a, uh, there were two people involved in something yesterday who, I remember having trade talks with their team so vividly. One was our friend at HQ, Will Middlebrooks, who we tried to get from Boston every time we did a trade with them, and they would not trade him. He was the superstar to come. Gavin Lux was the same way because the Red Sox and Dodgers are teams that we would go to when we had to shed payroll. Gavin Lux hits a ball off the Giants' closer, working his second inning for the first time this year, going multiple innings because it's the playoffs and you're going to go as much as you have to. And Lux hits it, 
starts pimping the home run and it's a fly out to center field. When you are playing in a windy game like that, you don't pimp it till it goes over the fence. The Dodgers lose one, nothing. They're on the brink of elimination. It's possible the Dodgers and the Rays last year's world series participants, last year's pennant winners, Dodgers last year's champion will lose in the first round. That would be amazing for my weight to seize, which early in the season where the Dodgers weren't going to win the pennant and the Dodgers weren't going to repeat as world series champions. The Dodgers have their best team. Their team's better than last year, but the playoffs are just impossible to predict because you just don't know what's going to happen. Well, I'm excited to watch how that series goes i'm excited for the brewers and the braves that's the other series the braves are about to eliminate the brewers the brewers who have the best pitching staff that's the team that has devin williams the guy who fractured his hand it turns out that they don't need the eighth inning guy right now because they can't get a lead because they can't score you can have the best bullpen of all time you've got to score runs though pitching will win championships you got to score a run like the giants you score one run and you shut out the other team boom you're up two to one You can't win a game zero to zero. It doesn't work. So the Brewers are a game away from elimination. The Brewers were my pick to win the World Series at the All-Star break to beat the Rays. How am I doing? We got a lot of games today, and I'm excited. All right. The nothing personal pick of the day, 131 and 113. We went one and two this weekend. Friday night, we had the Rays beating the Red Sox. Didn't happen. Saturday, we had the Brewers beating the Braves. Didn't happen. We went to the NFL for Sunday. Did you watch that Bills-Chiefs game? How many of you are willing to admit right now that the Bills are the best team in football? Anybody? I can't get Coco to admit that, can I? I believe we didn't talk about this pregame. Are you, who is the best team in football in your mind, Coca? Are you willing to say you can't say the Ravens because that's your heart talking? The Bills lost week one, as you recall, and since then, they have absolutely crushed it. They were getting two and a half points from the Chiefs. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs fell to two and three, which we said they would. So we are 131 and 113. Tuesday, that's today. Please listen now because my pick is the early game. The Astros are going to the LCS. They do not, now that they know that Boston already won and that they have Evaldi lined up for game one, which they do, uh, I'm doing this live right now, so I need to check my calendar, which I'm going to, because the way the LCS works, it doesn't matter if both teams finish uh, early, like if both series end now like the Red Sox did and if the Astros win today. LCS game one is Friday, October 15th. Today is... Tuesday and McCullers is pitching. They are going with him, their game one, number one starter to try to finish this series. If he pitches today, which he is, and they win Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, his regular day of rest would be Sunday, which would be an off day. So he would pitch game three of the LCS and therefore be in line to pitch game seven of the LCS. If the Astros lose today, they have an extra game of bullpen to get through. They're not going to lose today. That's why you bring McCullers back to pitch game four after the rainout yesterday. That's why the Astros know they have to close out to get their pitching as best they can in line because the rule in baseball is that if you can have your number one starter pitch game one, you do it. If you can't, you have them pitch game three in a seven-game series. 
Remember what Scherzer's doing? He was pitching game three. Because that's what you do. Okay. I want to move on now to a wait to see. And I want to talk about this wait to see because I want to talk about two things that are going on in basketball that are bothering me greatly in the NBA. The NBA season is starting here very shortly. I want to say opening day is eight days from today. And there are still players who are not playing. Kyrie Irving is still not playing because he's not vaccinated and cannot play in New York stadiums, either Brooklyn or New York or San Francisco without being vaccinated. Two, Ben Simmons is still not playing because he doesn't want to play because he wants to be traded. Yesterday, Ben Simmons, purportedly without telling his management, his GM, his owner, his coach, goes to Philadelphia and gets COVID tested ostensibly to be ready to rejoin the Sixers. Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey, who run the Sixers, have been incredibly smart about how they're handling this, but said yesterday, hey, you know, we didn't know, but we'd welcome him back. After Joel Embiid talked about what a distraction it was, after Joel Embiid had talked about how having Ben Simmons was not in the best interest of the team when they lost in the playoffs, while Embiid also said, hey, it'd be nice to have him, but he's not here. We're not talking about it. Ben Simmons is a member of the Sixers getting paid hundred over $130 million over four years remaining on his deal. And he doesn't want to play for them because they hurt his feelings. We've covered it. But now all of a sudden he changes his mind. What a coincidence. Here's how the call goes. Hey, Ben, it's your accountant. We got house payments, car payments. payments. You're supporting 10 people. You spend about 10 large a year. And you're about to be fined for every game you miss. I have an idea. Put on your jock strap or get ready for a different lifestyle. And Ben said, hmm, I played my hand. I went all in. I was bluffing. Uh Oh, I better fold. We now know what Ben Simmons is made of. He's a principled man until it's going to impact his wallet. And then. The principles go away and he comes back with his tail between his eyes. That is a mixed metaphor. He comes back nine, 10, nine. He comes back with his tail between his legs with a swab up his nose. He's coming back. What about Kyrie Irving? He's going to start getting fined. The man who wants to effectuate change. The man who says there's way more important things on heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy. I got a lot of things I'm thinking about. Can't be bothered with basketball. I got stuff going on. I got a world to change. I am John Mayer waiting on the world to change. Wait a minute. Am I going to get fined if I don't play in the home games? Steve Nash came out, the coach of the Nets. I forgot to press the button before I did that, so you can cut that out, Coca. If you didn't cut it out, you can do it right now. Steve Nash is the coach of the Nets. Steve Nash is the guy when he got the job. Kyrie Irving was the guy who said, hey, we don't really need a coach because me and KD are the coaches, which really made Steve Nash feel super good as he entered his first coaching job. 
Kyrie Irving's been nothing but a distraction to that team. So Steve Nash had to say, I think we recognize he's not playing home games. We're going to have to for sure play without him. Totally. I put that in. Get it for sure. Totally. Like for sure. Totally, man. Grody to the max. Yeah, that's an 80s Valley thing. I think we recognize he's not playing home games. We're going to have to for sure play without him this year. So it just depends on when, where, and how much. Steve, this level of player empowerment is sickening. I want to tell you a quick story about Jack McKeon, the World Series winning manager for the Marlins, when Pudge Rodriguez, the star of our team, took a leave of absence during the 03 season that no one talks about. Comes back. He took a leave because he wanted to go to his own hitting coach. He didn't like our hitting coach. He wasn't hitting well. He was pissed. So he goes to his own hitting coach. Comes back when he says he's coming back. He, he told us, hey, I'll be back when I'm back. And we were furious, deciding whether or not we're going to fine him, suspend him. We didn't know what to do. But we were getting right to the edge of enough when he came back. And we wanted him in the lineup. So we went down to Jack and we said, Jack, he's back. Put him in the lineup. And McKeon said, no. I will put him in the lineup when I want to put him in the lineup and I can have 24 other guys. At that point, there were 25 guys on the team. I can have 24 other players thinking that it's okay what he did and that he can do whatever he wants. And because he's the best player on the team, he's going to get put right back in the lineup. So you go back and look at game by game. When Pudge Rodriguez reappeared, I believe we started Redmond that game, not Pudge. And I was furious. But Jack was right. And now all these years later, I recognize the experience he had, the wisdom he had. You cannot let the wag, the tail wag the dog. You cannot empower one player, treat one player differently. And that was the beginning of my career where I started to treat every player, whether they are the highest paid, the most famous, the same as your 25th man. Because everybody's watching. So Steve Nash had a moment to come out and say, Kyrie Irving is not going to play for us. Forget home or away. We are not going to have a system and a team as we are trying to win a championship. We are, we are letting one player and his views of vaccination or whatever his views may be, whatever his distractions or whatever is going on inside his head, take care of it, Kyrie, and we are putting you on the restricted list. We'll see you later. Get vaccinated and then come back. It's not that hard. Wait to see is when I say things are going to happen. And when they do, they do. When they don't, they don't. But we're going to revisit it. Kyrie Irving will not miss a game and neither will Ben Simmons. All of this talk adds up to nothing because it's just business. This is nothing personal.